0: Very recently, the city of Barcelona, Spain, played host to ISE 2024, that's Integrated Systems Europe, the largest audiovisual conference and exhibition in the world. I went there as did my guest today, Brian Galante. He is the founder and owner of Dimension PR. And we're going to swap some uh, observations about all the things that we saw there at the trade show, especially on the floor, giving us a little bit of insight into uh, what's coming down the pipeline and what the industry is talking about today. Uh, Thanks for talking to me, Brian. It was great to see you in Barcelona and uh, see you at the show. Derek,
1: always a pleasure. It was great to connect and person and thank you for having me on once again
0: thank you and thank you everybody out there for listening to this episode of digital signage done right i remind you again that you may subscribe to the podcast you can review us on imdb and you can follow along with a transcript of the conversation Brian and I are about to have on the physics website on your resources and podcasts. Whether you're using digital signage or not, our podcast gives you practical tips for communications and content to better engage your audience. I'm Derek DeWitt. Welcome to Digital Signage Done Right. So Brian, uh, ISE, biggest uh, thing of its kind in the world. It was massive. I don't even know how many halls there were for the expo. Eight, nine, ten, maybe more. I didn't even get in all of them. Some of them were just audio. Like, it was was massive.
1: I would agree. ISE 2024 simply felt like a huge show. I do believe they found the right home in the Fira de Barcelona, which has a more intelligent layout than the Amsterdam Rye and can accommodate the growing number of exhibitors and attendees. Regarding the exhibition, there were two new halls, which accommodated lighting and staging in Hall 1, and content production and distribution in Hall Four. These did not exist last year. That alone is somewhat mind-boggling if you know the size of these halls already. Exhibitor numbers outperformed last year's record with nearly seventy-four thousand verified attendees. That's pretty impressive.
0: I think it's. I think it's safe to say uh, trade shows are back. <laughs>
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. And that was the refrain last year. Um, And in some ways, this year almost felt a little calmer than last year, but it still felt bigger. To put that in perspective, this year put ISE attendance above the NAB broadcast show in Las Vegas. That is a very impressive feat and just goes to show how much this event has grown. Um, There was a noticeable difference in approach on the floor this year. 2023, that was the big return uh, with the whiz-bang flash of the new innovations that were idling for years due to the pandemic. Um, This was a year of fine-tuning and moving the needle. There were new products, but this felt like the year where exhibitors were more focused on refining their innovations for the needs of the market. Uh,
0: Yeah, I think that's, uh, that's actually fair to say. I noticed a lot of booths um, had uh, similar things that they were talking about. Uh, One of the big things you saw a lot about was sustainability. Obviously, on the electronics side, that comes to uh, things that have battery power and um, EPS signs and things like this. But even the booth designs themselves kind of sent out a... I mean, I hope it's not a greenwashing signal, but certainly a sustainable signal uh, where many of them were made out of not laminated plastic walls and things like this, but actually just bare unvarnished wood or even made out of recycled and recyclable materials themselves. And there were a lot of plants. And a lot of booze. Just it kind of had this whole idea of yes, we're all focused on the sustainability side of things, even though we're in the electronics business and we gobble up power.
1: Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, sustainability was a huge, huge theme last year at ISE. I didn't see it so much out in front as a theme. It was more of uh, an activity. So they took last year's prominence of it and they actually put their money where their mouths are, I guess you could say. And um, I did notice that in many of the booth designs. And I would also say that in terms of the products itself, things like power over ethernet go a long way in that sustainability message. And we're seeing more of that in a number of new products this year.
0: Yeah, that's for sure. And of course, you know, the thing that's on everybody's minds uh, uh, in the tech sectors today is AI, AI, AI. And I did see AI written in a lot of places. But for the most part, it seemed to be about uh, control systems and specifically for smart homes, which by extension, I guess you could say... It includes the smart workplace and things like this. But it really seemed to be about temperature controls, lighting controls, things like this. This seems to be where uh, in this industry, AI is uh, initially getting uh, implemented.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair to say. And, you know, the explosion of AI has just been, you know, nothing short of incredible. I forget the exact moment where ChatGPT was introduced, but it wasn't long ago, certainly within the last two years or so. And just the number of applications for AI that have come forth to market, both in this industry, in adjacent industries like broadcast, and of course the consumer area and so forth, it's really quite mind boggling. In AV, I think you nailed it. A lot of it is really on the control side, To that end, uh, seeing more voice powered AI. Yeah, yeah. I did come across a very interesting AI application in the digital signage hall. As always, the presentation of dynamic visual content on displays and video walls were everywhere in that hall. But AI continues to spread throughout the digital signage universe. Um, Again, it's true that you see it more on the control side of things, but this is sort of convergence of control with digital signage. Um, This was a voice ordering system for kiosks and menu boards. And I think we're going to be seeing more of that as QSRs and so forth really begin to reimagine their drive-through systems. As always, there were video walls and displays all over Hall 6. But what's really interesting to me is how important the business side of digital signage is becoming. Just like AI analytics is something that is pretty much penetrating every form of the business world. Basically, businesses that are rolling out digital signage, visual presentation is important, but maybe just not enough anymore. They want to know how it's performing with audiences. And we see more digital signage companies getting into the analytics game to not only understand how content is performing with audiences, but also to gather demographics and other information to basically trigger automated targeted content delivery. That's how you really start to gain traction with your audience.
0: Yeah, I also think uh, eventually we're going to see the the two last things we just talked about, AI and and analytics. We're going to see them start to uh, feed each other because as people start to gather that demographic information about the people who are using their systems or their audience or even just who walks by their screens and lingers uh, using cameras and sensors and and other IoT uh, things that are becoming increasingly out of the box even. We're going to use that data to feed and train AIs to be able to then sort of come up with ways to personalize and, and specifically target that persona. That's how it'll start. It'll be like, okay, the AI says this person standing in front of the sign is in this category and it has 150 or 200 categories eventually it'll become personalized to the actual individual human but uh, until then we're going to see a really interesting transitional period i think
1: you speak words of wisdom and i want to subscribe to your newsletter
0: (laughs) um you know it's interesting that you mention drive through quick service restaurant stuff i saw a lot of menu boards and uh, i did notice some that like you said with voice and so on that now the, the digital menu board is starting to extend and create. How do you create an interactive menu board for a drive through? Obviously with voice, you don't want to do it with touch because people are leaning out their window and, you know, everybody's a different height. But voice makes a lot of sense there. And, um. I was talking to one person who, because I was saying, okay, well, what if it's, you know, near a highway and it's super noisy? And he said, honestly, you could, if you wanted to, you could actually create just a plastic or wood or whatever enclosure that minimizes outside interfering sounds and helps make the voice activated interaction um, better.
1: And not disagree with that. And,. I can say working with a company that basically manufactures structures for menu boards and with companies like Samsung that do the displays and digital signage software companies of all flavors, that is an enormous business right now in the United States. I know another client of mine that is working with, let's just say, one of the largest um, Spanish-flavored QSRs in the United States.
0: Ah, uh, yes. I I, I I, think that rings a bell. Yes.
1: <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, and they have somewhere north of 2,000 projects that they're doing for this company right now. So many boards is huge. And we are absolutely seeing the AI element infiltrate the menu board ecosystem through voice powering and so forth
0: right i also saw a lot of uh it's interesting that d-o-o-h digital out of home uh it was such a a buzzword uh, on a lot of booths and i saw a lot more small scale outdoor digital signs uh, i remember when i went to ise many years ago in Amsterdam there was there was this one hall that they were really focusing on digital billboards and and stuff for outdoors which obviously have to be brighter and they're not nearly as crisp and clean uh you know the the pixels are more like pegs because they're designed to be seen from a a great great distance away this time I saw a lot of these like little kind of stand-up Digital signs, maybe even call them kiosks, but they were on wheels. They were all weatherproofed. The, the, the frame around them were hardened. The wheels were nice and sturdy. And the idea being that you could roll them wherever you needed to, outside of a mall, on a street, uh, wherever. And and many of them have been hardened to such a point that they can actually take quite a bit of physical abuse and still function, still be interactive.
1: Oh, absolutely. Uh, most of these systems are IP56 rated, which really protects them from outside intrusions like water and dirt and um... Other items that might get inside the system, otherwise.
0: Disgruntled customers. (laughs) Disgruntled
1: customers, yes, yes, exactly. (laughs) But no, you're absolutely right. I mean, you know, just like digital menu boards, kiosks have been huge um, over the last few years. Um, You know, certainly we've been seeing them on college campuses, in hospitals, for wayfinding, for so forth. But now they're getting... You know, they're getting very creative in their ergonomics. Um, uh, The wheeled kiosk, quite interesting. But things like curbside ordering, um, there's so many things that you can do with this technology. And out-of-home media, that is the ability to really monetize these along with whatever business purpose that the
0: kiosk itself has. Yeah, for sure. Something else we noticed uh, was that many. Vendors, And I mean 20% or higher of the vendors, big and small, had some kind of room sign in some way, shape, or form. Uh, some of them were quite big. Some of them were quite small. Uh, some of them were similar to ones that Vizix uses and sells. And I also saw uh, an increase in the variety of the electronic paper signs i saw some that were bigger i don't know if you saw any of the color ones did you see some of those color epss
1: i saw booking technologies everywhere and yes i did see it was very very interesting for
0: sure i mean the colors are phenomenal they're crisp and clean the problem is uh, everyone i talk to we, we i guess the technology still has a, a ways to go is when you change the image because it takes 20, 25 seconds to change that image because it has to feed in yellow and then blue and then red. And it it looks like the sign is malfunctioning uh, while it's going through that change. But once all the colors get locked in there, they look great. But the black and white EPS signs, I mean, I saw some that were, I'm not kidding, maybe slightly bigger than a postage stamp. Mm -hmm. So tiny and so flexible. And it really struck me that, so you have these, Dinky-winky little EPS signs and and every size in between. Every size you could possibly imagine up to the size of a computer monitor and even bigger. And you also have these wheeled kiosks and all this. And it's almost like once we perfect the ability to send not just content signals and uh, stuff from the CMS to the digital signage player... Uh, wirelessly. But once we can somehow get wireless electricity, digital signage is it doesn't have to be on a wall anymore. It could be anywhere.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And if you, it's funny, if you look at the workplace movement, um, they said that 2023 was the year of the return to office movement. 2024 is here, and apparently this is the real actual year of the
0: movement. Oh, okay, yeah, or next year if it doesn't happen this year.
1: Yes, exactly. Who knows what's going to happen in 2025? Regardless, workplace technology companies were absolutely everywhere this year. Most of them situated in the hall, too, which was a very busy hall, by the way. There are a number, growing number of companies offering not only room sizes, but all sorts of these different booking technologies on the software side. The real innovation seems to be in the hot desking movement. It's all one very interesting demonstration that powered desk height adjustments directly from the booking hardware. Um, to give visix some love here, I think visix has really carved out a space of their own with Koros. I still did not see anything like Coros on the floor. That ability to book direct from the user device, amplified with an AR environment, and without being chained to an app is really quite special. Overall, coming out of this show, uh, I kind of see the workplace technology movement uh, almost aligned with where digital signage software was about 15 years ago. It'll be interesting to see how the space evolves because we're beginning to see an overabundance of companies that specialize in workplace in booking solutions, in my opinion, of course, and I saw that years ago with digital signage. Um, and I do think this is going to become a case where the strong will survive, the weaker players will start to fade out. And in the middle, there'll be this ripe area of consolidation. I wouldn't be surprised to see some of the bigger industry players that aren't in this space
0: yet start to make some strategic acquisitions in the workplace space. I mean, it kind of is all of a piece. In the workplace stuff, it's it's about managing spaces office hoteling hot desking uh, and so on like you said and in the the home and smart control systems thing it's really kind of the same thing it's all going to the phone it's all somehow being tied to your phone or a tablet or this so that you don't have to you can you can use it on the fly i can be off doing my stuff walking around my office building uh, you know I'm up on the third floor I got to deal with something on the uh, that floor but in the meantime I can still schedule something in a meeting room on the second floor and all this and it, like you said I did see some app based control systems and space booking systems like, Koros but I made a point to ask every single person but you do have to download the app and they were like oh yeah and I was like (laughs) not with Koros you don't (laughs) Absolutely. absolutely so it's really
1: interesting this whole meeting space environment is still huge. Um, You know, so you have the booking solution, obviously, outside the meeting space, but inside the meeting space, you know, this technology is still transforming. You know, with hybrid work, training, learning here to stay, you need those booking solutions, those room size on the outside. Inside, it's all about efficient management of signals um, and bringing the physical and remote together. In 2022, for example, was all about equipping these meeting and learning spaces with video cameras so that the remote could see the instructor or the presenter. Here at ISC, um, I found it was about improving USB integration and scaling AV distribution. So USB-C extension was all the rage, um, basically to enhance connectivity between USB hubs and peripherals. Audio was also very interesting inside the meeting space. And companies like Sennheiser and Zilliqa have really come a long way with beamforming microphone technology, digital signal processors, technologies that really help people hear presentations and lectures clearly, both inside
0: the classroom and remotely. I also saw uh, quite a number of very fancy lecterns and podiums, mm-hmm. you know, with microphones and uh, and digital screens uh, integrated into them. One company had not only a digital screen for the presenter, you know, instead of having just, you know, a place to put your notebook. But they actually had screens on the outside of the podium facing the audience and a whole system where the person giving the lecture could be showing pictures and video and all and I thought my gosh boy we've come a long way from you know the uh, the the 19th century uh, lecture where the professor is way down there and you you hope you can hear him. it was really impressive
1: yeah we really have and you know these sort of in broadcast we call them glue products um you know switchers routers things really holding all this signal distribution together and enabling um, presenters to, you know, basically trigger these visuals on demand. Um, All these solutions are getting smaller and more compact and easily integratable inside the lectern and you know that i find really interesting as far as the lectern so you know whereas in the past you might have had a big rack in an it closet or somewhere in the corner of a room um you know very poorly hidden uh now systems are getting to the point where they're packing so much power into you know a highly dense highly compact um, you know, little half rack unit. You know, very easy to just fit right inside a lectern. I find that really interesting too.
0: Yeah, yeah. People are saying, "Oh, this will be this will be the return to office year," and yet quite a few companies had very large video conferencing setups. There was one company. I mean, it was. I think it was like four rows of sixteen across. It was huge. It was probably fifteen feet long slightly curved so you could actually have 64 people all on the same work call video conference call it's so big that you could have a whole room full of people and every everybody would be able to see everybody on the screen you know you know how it is now you're using your home computer and you get more than 10 people and you're just like either can't see everybody at the same time or they're so small that it's uh, difficult to make them out. It makes it especially difficult when you're doing things like something physics does every year is they have a um, Halloween costume contest, which is great, except that (laughs) you're like, I can't see the details because it's so tiny. But on, on giant sort of video conferencing walls like this, it would be no hassle at all.
1: Right on. You know what? I uh, expect an invitation to this party next year.
0: <laughs> um, you know, no, that's
1: really interesting. And, you know, I think there's corporate posturing we all want you back in the office uh, as of next month. Then I think it's the reality of the situation that people are saying, "Eh, you know, not so fast. So They have to be prepared for hybrid environments and they've invested in the technology. They might as well use it. Uh, I think it's still going to be a very mixed bag for many years. And uh, remote work is here to stay. It's not going away. You know, even if, you know, the return to office movement does take shape, I still don't think you're going to see an overwhelming number of um, companies demanding five days in the office. Um, So I, I think that these technologies have a long life ahead of them. And I think there's a lot of room for innovation to make that hybrid environment continue to be something that everyone can have faith in.
0: Yeah, and more importantly, I think that I th- I like the term hybrid the best of all the, the the phraseologies out there because, like we're saying with, hey, we've got digital signs uh, that are small. We've got ones that were big. We've got them on wheels. We've got things that have uh, power over Ethernet or not as you want. We've got these lecterns that have a whole bunch of bells and whistles which you can use or not as you see fit. And the same with coming into the office or not coming into the office. It seems to me that this personalization trend is not just about companies targeting, you know, Joe Blow walking past the sign and like like we all saw in the movie uh, uh, Minority Report. Hey, did you scan the retina? Did you enjoy your T-shirts? But it's kind of almost like a buffet of, well, what do you want to do? Because you can do it we 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 now have the technology and we have the like you said people have have invested in this technology already so that they can hot desk and hotel and reserve spaces and come in uh, do video conferences from time to time and so on and it allows companies to hire from a much broader collection of potential employees now the whole world you know provided you're not say 12 hours uh, off time zone wise but otherwise it just seems to me like there are more options available to us, and these technologies have enabled that.
1: No, that's a great point. I uh, I honestly have nothing else to add to that wisdom.
0: <laughs> <laughs> to me, that's that's always been the uh, maybe it's because I you know was born and raised in a consumer capitalist society, but uh, to me, the definition of freedom has always been choice.
1: Agreed, one hundred percent interoperability is a huge theme right now. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the IPMX suite of open standards, but um, it's uh, it appears to be nearing ratification. Um, and what it is is it's basically um, an interoperable uh, set of standards to really help companies unify their products and solutions over IP networks. Companies like Magtic are bringing components to market to help manufacturers develop open standards products, for use on interoperable IP networks. Um, That to me is a wow factor because it's helping end users and integrators and all these people in our industry unify their systems over IP. That's gonna be important as the transition from legacy to IP continues. The most visually impressive item that I saw was from LG. I know what you're gonna say. <laughs> oh yeah, this 20 foot tall dvled display with rotating panels that would move in and out and literally breathe life into content. It was really quite something. A showstopper that clogged the aisles. How it gets used in the real
0: world, who knows, but it sure looked cool. It did look cool, and some people understand this was called the Kinetic Board. It was very big, incredibly bright, Uh, You know, this is in in a hall filled with these massive 8K video displays, which I had never seen. I'd never seen an 8K display before in person, so I kind of went, oh, that's what the big deal is. This was incredibly clean, incredibly crisp, but it's made up of a bunch of small squares that are on, I don't know what the system is, but they can move in and out. And they can move in and out in a way that is uh, coordinated so that, for example, uh, a transition from one image to another isn't just a flat thing. The squares, the sections of the screen actually come out and move and they kind of move all together. I don't know if you sat through the whole video presentation that they had.
1: I did not. Unfortunately, I just don't have that uh, luxury of time at these shows because I'm Pretty much bouncing somewhere every 15 minutes for another press interview. But I can say, just even in those fleeting Moments that I walked by, it really was quite something to behold.
0: Yeah, the the I think the most interesting thing they did was at the end because you're looking at it, you're going, oh, that's really cool and pretty, and wow, that's really fun, and you know, you want to take video from the side to show the panels coming in and out, and then at the very end they did this kind of Las Vegas Americana collage of the Statue of Liberty and um, the Eiffel Tower for some reason, maybe maybe they and the Las Vegas sign, I don't know what they were really going for there, Uh, maybe because New York, New York is in Las Vegas and because the Paris Hotel is in Vegas. Maybe that was the idea. But the Eiffel Tower, so the Eiffel Tower takes up the middle of the image and the parts of the screen where that is stuck out further than the rest of it. The face on the Statue of Liberty stuck out physically further from the background of the of the rest of the screen. And then they had little fireworks going off. And when the fireworks went off in the middle of the fireworks, those small panels would temporarily come out and then fade back as the image of the light of the fireworks faded. And suddenly I thought, oh, there you go. Now, it's not just, oh, isn't this kind of a cool thing? They're actually integrating it into the actions on screen. And then after that, it fades away, and it was actually the most beautiful thing they did. They just had this sort of glowing golden sand pouring out in a small line from the top, and a bunch of panels came out in the center, and it looked like the sand was hitting those extended panels and bouncing off and pooling at the bottom of it. And suddenly, I thought, wow! Now we're integrating it into almost like a story, and that's what my wife said, because like you you wanna you you talked about this and and uh, we both said the same thing. When the heck would you ever use it? Deb said it's almost like digital signage as entertainment.
1: There you go. And we all need a little more entertainment in our lives, correct?
0: <laughs> that's true. That's very true. I also saw these uh, sort of transparent micro LED things, which is basically it's a it's a pretty high def screen. Uh, Quite long, the one I saw, it's a long, not very high, but really, really long screen that kind of wraps around the sides of the small box, the box that it's inside. So it gives you this kind of feeling like, uh, like you're in a sports stadium is what they were showing. So it's kind of like if I were in the stadium in a seat, off to the side. This would be kind of like what I see. But in front of this, there's a transparent panel. The transparent panels are also screens. And so, like, a player did uh, an interesting move of some kind. They they had a great play. And on the transparent screen, it would kind of come up an overlay over the image you're seeing, and you would get statistics, and you'd see a replay and all this. It was kind of like... I wonder if they're going to try and find a way to integrate this stuff into actual live sporting events, so that you you would almost have the experience, say, going to an American football game in the stands that you have watching it on TV. Because when you watch it on TV, you get all the the little squiggles and the this and the that and the instant replay and the close ups and did he did he punch him in the face or did he not? I can't see. Uh, it, it was, I thought it was just a, it's early days, but I think there's a lot of potential for this technology, dude.
1: Yeah. I'm sold.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna buy one right now. So yeah, there was a ton of interesting stuff, and like Brian said, some of it was flashy, but a lot of it really was about companies trying to help other companies solve problems and uh, and integrate things together so that things are easier. A bit more user-friendly, more integrated, and um, just, it's almost like the technologies, these separate technologies are very slowly, though not that slowly, but very slowly almost coming together to become a technology, if you know what I mean.
1: I do. I go every year, um, and I look forward to it. Uh, I do wish it were a month later. Uh, it comes a little, little quick after the holiday, but it really is an excellent show. This is where the action happens. That's not to slight InfoCom. InfoCom's an important show, but I b- believe that ISE has become the show where the big things happen. So, if you're in this industry, it's a show that you must attend. So, I'll be going every year, and I will be building two days in Lisbon in advance every year because that city rocks.
0: It's a a great, I used to live there. It's a
1: fantastic city.
0: And you know, Barcelona's no no shambles either.
1: I enjoyed my time in Barcelona and I look forward to going back.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. All right, well, thank you to my guest, Brian Galante. He is the founder and owner of Dimension PR and uh, talking about our... uh, Separate and shared experiences at Integrated Systems Europe 2024, that's ISE24, which occurred at the end of January and beginning of February in Barcelona, Spain, as it does every year. Uh, Last February, we uh, had a conversation about that year's ISE, and well, since, as he said, this is where things happen, we most likely will do it again next february thanks for talking to me brian always interesting
1: thank you for having me again i look forward to next time and i look forward to hopefully seeing you in prague before next ISE.
0: yeah well we're here we're here for uh, for a while though i think deb's going to infocom and uh i i don't think i am vegas and i broke up with each other a long time ago (laughs) I wouldn't go back if I didn't have to. I hear you. But Infocom is a a pretty darned interesting show. It sure is. All right. uh, Again, thank you to Brian for talking to me today. And thank you, everybody out there for listening. Don't forget that you can read a transcript of the conversation we've just had on the Physics website. For more free stuff, head to resources on physics.com for guides, videos, and more to help with your visual communications. Please subscribe and share and contact us for information about our digital signage solutions. I'm sure.